Amen. I do want to say thank you for the Tic Tac, whoever gave me the Tic Tacs up here. Um, Troy, you are the man. And uh, Brother Phil is not here today. A lot of times he comes up and says, Pastor, you want a piece of gum? I always like a Tic Tac. I said, somebody must know my breath stinks today. And uh, not really. I, I always, I love Tic Tacs. You know, I used to, as I have my suit jacket on, I always threw them in the, the side of my pocket. But then when I started preaching and I was walking around so often, it was shaking. So as I was walking here, and then the mic's picking it up. And I said, I've got to stop this. So anyhow, uh, but I love Tic Tacs. I love the taste of Tic Tacs. And uh, thank you so much. Um, If you would, please turn in your Bible to Mark chapter 13, verses 28 through 37. Ready or not, here I come. Are you ready? Are you ready to meet the Lord? Are you ready for his appearing? Are you ready for his coming? As we read this in Mark chapter 13, verses 28 through 37... We're going to be referencing the Bible today. We are in church, and this is where we, what we need to reference. You don't need to hear me talk. You need to hear his word. And so we'll be reading in verses 28 through 37. Mark chapter 13, verses 28 through 37. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When her branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is near. See, in like manner, when you shall see the things come to pass, know that it is nigh even at the doors. Verily I say unto you that this generation, might want to underline that, shall not pass till all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and of that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, circle the word watch. And pray for, you know, not when the time is for the son of man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants. Every man is work and commanded the porter to watch that the porter can also be translated as doorkeeper or as guard to watch. Verse 35 circle the word watch again. Watch you, therefore, for, you know, not when the master of the house cometh at even or at midnight or at. At the cock crowing, which is in the morning or in the morning. How many of you start hearing the birds sing like at 5 a.m. in the morning? And some of these nights where the windows have been open, I have to get up this morning. I got up, I think it was uh, quarter till five. Shut that window. All I could hear was singing. It was like a choir. And I sleep with, we sleep with a fan. But I'm a light sleeper. So it says, just watch. Verse 36, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch, watch, watch. I don't know where the Lord has me going with this, but I'll just give you this little illustration that just came to my mind. You know, that verse just really was profound to me because I just thought of this. How many of you, if you see somebody over in this corner whispering, you want to go over there and find out what they're saying? And it says here that we all want to be ready. We all want to be watchful. You know, even Jesus is saying to his disciples, listen, you need to watch. Watch for the time is at hand. For the day will appear when you do not think that I will come back. I will appear. 
But yet, we want to go over and find out what's going on. We want the scoop. We want to find out what's changed, what's happening, and all that, and so on and so forth. It's just like today. Many, many will say, oh, where's this person? Where's that person? We have, I'll bet you, I think we added up 25 people that are on vacation or sick just today that in the last three days we've gotten notif- notifications, you know, on, by text message or whatever. Then if you see somebody that's not here today, throw them a text. If you don't know their phone number, give them a call, throw them a card and say, hey, I missed you today. That will really encourage them. And especially for many that are always here and they're faithful, please, you know, remember just to encourage them. I thought I would start off this message, ready or not, here I come. And for many of you, you remember that childhood game of hide and seek. You're exactly right. I loved hide and go seek. And uh, most people didn't like it. And the best time to play hide and seek was when? At night. Because you could hide. And, you know, our generation of kids are like, Hide and seek. I remember uh, when my kids were little and they were just toddlers, we would play hide and seek in the house. And uh, I remember always saying, here, daddy will help you. And I'd throw them in the dryer and close the door and all kinds of stuff like that. And thank God the barrel never, ever, as far as I know, nothing ever happened. But I would find the best places to hide them. And that's the fun part about hide and go seek. And, uh, you know, with us growing up, we didn't have all that fancy equipment that you have at your fingertips today. We didn't have a computer that we all just get to go click and everything's right there at your fingertips. People can call you, contact you. They can cook. They can you can pay your bills all while you are hiding, (laughs) driving in the bathroom. No matter what you're doing, you've got the computer right next to you. People are accustomed to that. But growing up, we had red light, green light. We had hide-and-go-seek. We played tag, kick the bucket. I mean, there were so many games that we played that there are too many to number. And yet, I, I'm, I'm so amazed that our children today don't know how to play any of those games because what are they going to do without the computer at their fingertips? I love this week. A lot of my girls, I don't know this big trend going around. How many made it to Akron for the big, huge water slide? I guess it was here yesterday. Anybody go to that? I think it was $40 per person. The biggest water slide around. But um, So anyhow, uh, we didn't go. I didn't make it. I wanted to make sure I got up here and walked today. But this past week, um, Victoria and some of her friends, Becky's out there trying to connect all these pieces to make a water slide for these high school students. And it kind of is hysterical to watch all of them fly down the hill. But you know what? It's great to see some of those things coming back because I really do believe that it brings, I think it allows us one, it helps you to interact where we're not interacting today. And, uh, you know, we, we text one another from the upstairs to the downstairs, from the backyard to the deck. I mean, no matter where you're at, you're texting. Uh, could you please come here? We all knew the, the sound of our mothers and our fathers, didn't we? When they said come, they didn't say, my mom didn't say, hey, Todd, can you come here? She's like, Todd, Michael, get down here right now. We, we knew the sound. We know what it's like to know when our parents are calling. And do you ever know when you're doing something bad, are we not watchful? Mom's going to get on me, and I don't want that to happen. But back to the game. When <laughs> Listen, I just thought I'd walk in your moccasins today. That's all. It's my twin sister, you know. So uh, she was such a good little angel. It was more like, Christian, put the pod. 
<laughs> Be careful now. <laughs> oh, goodness. I d- hey, I was afraid. I didn't like spankings. I didn't like to get in trouble. I don't like any of that stuff. I still like it to get in trouble. I don't even like confrontation. I hate confrontation. Anyhow, back to this message. The part of the game that still echoes in my mind is what it would say, because there was always one who would have to count, you know, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, all that kind of stuff while you're waiting. And there was always that one person that would count. And he or she would come looking for those who were hiding. And then it would say, ready or not, here I come. When it said that, you had better be ready or you were going to do what? You're going to be in trouble. When I read these verses, that, that childhood game stood out to me. And it came back to me as a memory. Because Jesus is telling his men there that there will be a day when he will come again. That day will arrive whether people are ready or not. This chapter began with the disciples asking Jesus about the end time and about the signs accompanying that time period. And you can see in verses 3 and 4, it says, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, what shall these things be and what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? The rest of the chapter is spent answering their questions. These closing verses offer a few warnings that all people of all ages should take to heart. And here these warnings should especially be heeded by people who are living in these late hours, in these last days or time in our life. Church, I'm standing up here today to let you know Jesus is coming. Skeptics and scoffers deny that fact, but they can't change the truth of it. Jesus is coming. And he is coming soon. This is not a childhood game. Eternity is at stake. And we as pastors have failed to get in the pulpit to preach that Jesus is coming. You see, in America today, accountability, nobody wants to be accountable You know, we've been going through this series of walking and talking and and so on and so forth. But as soon as you make them accountable, they run. Well, the day of accountability is soon approaching. The day of accountability is soon approaching to all of us Christians. We as a body will be accountable to Almighty God for the things that are done, that are said on this planet, in our lives. I want to move through these verses today and preach around the thought, ready or not, here he comes. There are warnings in the verses that should be heard and heeded by every person in this room. These verses are challenges for the saints to be ready, and they are a call for the lost to get ready. Jesus is coming, and you do not want to be found unprepared for that day. And I want you to notice that today there are warnings that God Almighty instituted, put in His Word for all of us to see. They are prophetic messages saying that Jesus will be coming back. 
You know, we look at the Old Testament, it says, uh, Friend, you was born this day in the city of David, a Savior which is Christ the Lord. But if you look back in Isaiah, it says, There shall be a wonderful counselor, Almighty God, the everlasting Father. He shall become wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. The wise men traveled for days because there was a prophetic message that was concealed. And we look in the New Testament and now it's revealed. And so we've got to get our hearts prepared. We have to get our souls ready for Jesus Christ is soon coming back. And I'm not just a pastor who said, oh, I've heard this way back in 1970. This was one message I heard 52 times. That's not what I'm saying. I'm telling you that today I see more prophetic situations taking place today than I ever have. And I'm 45 young. And so for many of you, you've seen so much take place in your life that God is about to do something awesome. And aren't you thankful that you're a child of the king? I know I'm thankful. But let's stop for just a minute. Rather saint or sinner, are you ready? Are you prepared? What, just what if, on this game of hide and go seek, he came and appeared right now? Who would be left sitting in this sanctuary? When the trumpet of God sounds and the dead in Christ shall rise first and those that remain will be caught up together with him in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. How many of you will be ready? I love this video. For it really puts some deep thought. When the rapture will take place. Watch closely. This makes me shudder every time I see this video, and it's very quick, but it's short. And we're going to play this. You see, Satan doesn't want us to see God created the heaven and the earth. Come on. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light.
The Bible says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, Watch therefore, for you do not know the hour your Lord is coming. I want you to know, church, that Jesus Christ could come this month. Or he might come next week. Or he could even come... that video, I stop and think it's real. And for many of us, we're so busy and we're so caught up with extracurricular of whatever's going on in our world that we can't make time for God. So the the question is, are people ready? Where are they going to be when God comes to call us home? I guess for many of those, as a pastor was preaching, I guess I'd rather be sitting in the pew of the church than being at the local park or walking through the woods. But to know that before he raptures me home, that I'm ready. I ask you this morning, are you ready? Because if you're not, he's coming. The day is soon approaching. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this message. Thank you for your word. Lord, may our our hearts be ready. May we be receptive. Father, thank you. No matter where you lead, I will follow. I'll go with you. With you. Always. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for your people. May we look in your word and understand that the time is soon approaching. For our souls must be right with you. May we live a life that's acceptable and holy in your sight. In your name we pray. Bless your word. Amen. Verses 28 through 31, I would like to read for you. And it talks about the signs of his coming. Maybe I'll just do two, two of the verses. And we already referenced them. But it says they are clear signs. And it says now learn a parable of the fig tree when her branches yet Tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is near. Soon you like manner when you shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh even at the doors. It was springtime when Jesus uttered these words. And I want you to see the correlation. He and his men were sitting on the side of the Mount of Olives. And uh, we, we already read that in verse 3. All around them were the signs of life and that the document, the transitions of the season were taking place. And Jesus uses a fig tree to illustrate the truth he wants his men to understand. And so people ask the question, what was the, what was the correlation with the fig tree? And, uh, and where's the spiritual truth that's actually found in that text? And I'm going to tell you that. When a fig tree puts forth its leaves... It is a clear sign that summer is on its way. It is a clear sign and nothing can be done to change it. Summer is coming, thus men need to prepare for summer weather. So Jesus says when people see signs he has mentioned in these verses, they will know the end is near. So what signs he mentioned, what what are the signs that has he mentioned in these verses? He has mentioned many things, most of which will be fulfilled during the days of the great tribulation. 
Let me give you a brief overview of these events Jesus said would come to pass in the last days. Let's look at verses 6. In verse 6, it says there, there will be false messiahs. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Verse Chapter 13, verse 6. Then we're going to jump down to verse 21. And then if any man shall say to you, lo, here is Christ, or lo, he is there, believe him not. Or false Christ and false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. Then we jump back to verse 7 where it also talks about there will be wars and rumors of wars. And when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be not trouble for such things must needs be. But the end shall not be yet. It also says that next in the next verse in verse 8, there will be turmoil among the nations of the earth. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be earthquakes in diverse places. There shall be famines and troubles. There are the beginnings of sorrows. Isn't it amazing that who would have ever thought we would have seen a tsunami? You know, a big, huge wave all because of tremors and earthquakes and the things that are taking place around this world. I remember my grandma telling me she's been gone for, for quite a few years. Well, honey, I can see things are taking place all over this world. The Lord's coming back. And... uh you know, so even even on her last days, making her heart right with God and making sure that her soul was right with God. But she would say, look at what's taking place with earthquakes and the weather and, and the things that are that are taking place in and around us. And then here's something that's taking place around us right now. I want to draw your attention to verses nine through 13, where there will be persecution of the people of God. But take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to councils. And in the synagogues you shall be beaten. And you shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake. For a testimony against them, and the gospel must first be published among all nations. When they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what you shall speak. Neither do you premeditate, but whatsoever shall be given you in that hour... That speak ye, for it is not you that speak, but the what? But the Holy Ghost that speaks in you. Verse 12. Now the brother shall betray brother to death, and the father the son, and children shall rise up against their parents, and shall cause them to be put to death. You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved. And in verse 14, and the Antichrist will come to power on the earth and will declare himself to be God. And he will demand to be worshipped. Look at verse 14. When you shall see the abomination of the desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let him that readeth understand, and let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains, escape. And then we look at 24 through 25. The heavenly bodies will fall from their places. The sun and the moon will not give their light and the universe will be plunged into everlasting darkness. Verse 24, but in those days after the great tribulation, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. The stars of heaven shall fall and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to go back to something here. Look at verse 12 and let's stop there just for a minute. In verse 12, it talks about our families. Now the brother shall betray the brother to death. The father, the son, and children shall rise up against their parents, shall cause them to be put to death. 
Isn't it amazing? What's going on in America today? If you've ever gotten the magazine Voice of the Martyrs or you ever you look it up, people are being persecuted all around the world. Do you understand that we are being persecuted for the name of Christ? Even today. You know, there was a time when a pastor was esteemed and honored. Not today. We're ridiculed. We're persecuted. We're, we're spit upon. We're chastised. And so are you. You're a child of God. So the question that I want to ask you, was Jesus far off speaking to the disciples when he said, you're going to be persecuted? Was John persecuted? How was John persecuted? Who knows? Thank you. If it's going to happen, then it's going to happen now. For Jesus will soon appear. And we can see in the body of this gospel that it goes all throughout Scripture. The time is at hand when we stand alone, when we stand up, when we let people see Jesus Christ in our life. You see, I look at this verse and this text really resonates with me more than anything. For I cannot do anything on my own. There is nothing that Todd Tackett can do on his own. I can do all things through Christ that gives me the strength. But it says there that in these trying times, even for the people that you love, even for those that say they love you will still persecute you. It said you will be brought into the church. You will be brought into the synagogues. And what will take place? You will be persecuted. I'm going to ask you this question. In this room, in this sanctuary, lift up your hand if you've been persecuted from your family members for for claiming the name of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? And yet it's a prophetic message. This is Jesus telling us, listen, stand up. But here's what I love. Here's the cool part about verse 12. I wasn't even going there today, but I just thought it's actually verse 11, the latter part. For it is not you that speaks, but the Holy Ghost that speaks in you. It's the manifestation of the Holy Spirit that gives us the unction, that gives us the power to stand when we can no longer stand. I know that if I had to do this all over again, for me, even pastoring is difficult. I question it. I questioned it 10 years ago. I questioned it when I was 15. I remember being in high school and standing alone. Who would think that 30 years ago I was being persecuted? Oh, he's the preacher boy. I mean, he doesn't stand alone. Where are people rising up? We can't get adults to serve in the church and to stand alone because we have to go where it's popular. We've got children. Do you see these teenagers? They need to see the Holy Ghost in your life. Jesus is coming back. Goodness gracious, listen. If I am one man and can reach many people for Christ, you're one woman that can reach many people for Christ. We will advance our families, advance our businesses. We'll go to work because we get paid for it. And we'll do whatever it takes to get the job done. But what Jesus is saying is here is, listen, what will you do to get the job done to continue to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ? 
So our job is this, is to continue to make sure that this great message of prophecy, a prophetic message needs to be revealed in and through our lives. Are you doing that? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to give you the strength and the power to stand alone when you know that everybody else is going to mock you? I, Becky and I talk about this almost every day. And yesterday she was walking up the driveway and I said, hey, I want to ask you a question. You know, every time I, I almost shudder. How many of you think this is just a little bit scary in some ways? Come on, be honest with me. Yes, it is. To think that persecution is here. Ready for this? Who would think that if we didn't stand with the Supreme Court because the church up the street is, everything that the government says, everything that the governor says, everything that the president says, if we don't agree, we'll be persecuted. But wait a minute. The pastor, you're a bigot. You're prejudiced because you see that church of the here's what's happening now is doing it. Well, wait a minute. That's not what Jesus said. You see, in the New Testament Bible believing church, Jesus said you must stand alone. So here's where we're at. Getting ready, getting prepared, setting the platform. Yes, Jesus loves the sinner. He hates the sin. Don't misconstrue the two and say, I'm going to go out and and live a life that's like a whore or live a life that's an abomination or whatever it is just because, you know what, we've got to go out there and minister to people on the streets. There's a man I know, and I'm going to share this story because I'm concerned with this. This was not in my message. But I believe that the Lord's moving in this direction. Here's what's happening in churches today. I was on the phone with a local pastor and we were talking about a man that continually goes into a church and he continually and continually and continually breaks up the church and families. And here's the sad part. When I said this to him on the phone, I said, what do you do with a man who you have in leadership that has habitually split church after church after church after church and will take other men's wives and sleep with them? You know, what the, you know what the pastor said? Now, this is the true story here in Akron, Ohio. Here's what he said. When I just wanted to let him know, I think it was very important, my responsibility to him. And uh, you know what he said to me? <laughs> pastor, come on. Isn't our God the God of second chances? <laughs> Doesn't the Bible also talk about sheep, goats, and wolves? People shall come as Sheep, but really, they're wolves. They'll come in and devour up the congregation. Do you think that Satan, let's put it in perspective like this, because we're talking about God and Satan here. Do you think that Satan really wants this church to thrive? The church is preaching the gospel up the street to to thrive. The church that's up that way to thrive. No, he's out to destroy that. See, we are the only ones that are telling people, get ready, here he comes. Get ready, here he comes. Get ready, here he comes. But here's what we're doing. We're accepting people that live a life of sin. And here's what he told me. Jesus gave the woman at the well a second chance. I said, well, let me ask you a question. How many times do you give your child a second and third and fourth and fifth chance until he's chastised? Aren't you thankful that in our government system, in the judicial system, that once, twice, three times, four times, five times... They're not safe to be in the community. They need to be incarcerated. I mean, 
Jesus talks about chastisement. But here's what's happening in America today. Our churches aren't standing for righteousness. They're not. They're not standing. And, and I got off the phone. I'm going to tell you all this. I've gone to God about this in prayer all week. Because I said, so this is what's happening, Lord. Nobody's standing for righteousness. No one's warning of the great you know, warnings that are in the Bible. Everything else has taken place. But when it comes to the church, church discipline or anything like that, nobody ever wants to take or make people accountable. They don't want to do it. You see, I have realized as I continue to, to keep digging into the word and digging into the word, digging into the word, I am such a sinner. I am. It's unbelievable. I am a sinner. I'm saved by grace. And thank God his grace is bestowed on me. But you know what? If you're coming to church, don't be just a hearer of the word. Be a doer of the word. That's what God expects from all of us. You know, he's saying here, there were clear signs. He said the day will come. You will have false messiahs. There will be rumors of wars. Nation amongst nation. People in the church will persecute you. Other pastors will look at you and go, you're out of your ever-loving mind. I am? Okay. Wow. That's not true. The word of God is what's true. Why aren't we, why aren't we standing on the word Oh, goodness. And then we see the Antichrist will come and appear, and it'll be easy for him to come and appear, and he'll take over, which we know is the Great Tribulation. And I won't go into a big, huge doctor message here today on the Tribulation, but I want to show you something. We saw there were clear signs, and then we also saw there were concluding signs. So Jesus says that the generation that witnesses these things will not pass away until they've all been fulfilled. So here Jesus is saying, listen closely. All of these signs have to take place, and then I will come back. I will fulfill my promise. Can I ask you a question? What I just read to you, have they been fulfilled? Have you seen it? They've been fulfilled. Now watch this. Listen to some information. One of the symbols of the nation of Israel is in the fig tree, which is found in Jeremiah 8, verse 13. Also in chapter 29, if you're taking notes, in verse 17. And then in Joel 1, 7, because of time, I won't get into that today. Thus, some people have concluded that Jesus is comparing, saying that when the fig tree or Israel, which is the correlation, because in the scriptures in the Old Testament, it refers to the nation of Israel as the fig tree. Okay, so you'll see that correlation that's there. Israel begins to show signs of life that generation will witness the return of the Lord. Okay. Well, Israel became a nation again after 1878 years on May 14th, 1948. Exactly. The nation was destroyed in 70 AD and ceased to exist. Some people believe the final generation began then. Of course, that was 61 years ago. And a generation in the Bible is about 27 years. So it says, until this generation, verse 30, Verily I say unto you, that this generation shall not pass till all these things are done. Others believe that Israel began to put forth her leaves in 1967 after she defeated her Arab neighbors in the Six Days War. Of course, that was nearly 42 years ago. Another school of thought, which holds for this generational thing that I pointed out in the Bible, which can refer to a wicked race, okay? 
refers to the spiritual condition of Israel. In other words, Jesus could be saying the Jews will continue in their unbelief until I come. How many have been part of any like Messianic Jewish ceremony? Awesome, isn't it? To see them come and realize that he's the Messiah. But so many still are waiting, you know, for, for the Messiah to come. The interpretation certainly fits with the facts. Israel is back in their land and they have all of the signs of life. This interpretation certainly fits with the facts. And watch this. Like a fig tree in late spring, they're in full leaf. Still they have no fruit and they have yet to bow to their Messiah. In my opinion, all that Jesus is saying in verse 30 is the appearance of the signs he has mentioned will be a signal that the end is very, very near. As I said a few minutes ago, all of the pieces are in place. Everything is lining up. Like Jesus said, he is coming. He is coming. Are you ready? Here's the third point. It said there are clear signs, there are concluding signs, and last, there are confirmed signs. This verse is a simple confirmation that everything Jesus says will come to pass. In verse 31, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. You see, the word of God is an eternal book. It says that the word is settled in heaven, Psalms 119.89. The grass withereth and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord will stand what? Forever, Isaiah 40, verse 8. Every promise in God's word will be met, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 21. So we're not flipping all over the page. I just thought I'd write it down for you. Every, every prophecy will be fulfilled, Matthew chapter 5, verse 18. So what does this mean for us? It serves to remind us that we need to take the words of the Lord to heart. What he says will happen, will happen. Do you believe that? Let me hear you say amen. 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 What he promises, he will do. This is a call for people to believe what the Bible has to say. Jesus says that he is the only way of salvation. For he says in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes into the Father but by me. Jesus says that there is a heaven to gain or a hell to shun. John 14, verses 1 through 3. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you will be also. Those things are true, and every person in this room will answer to them one day. Jesus also says that he is coming again. He says in, the ver in verse 3, and I go and prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. It is a promise that is as sure as the sun coming up in the morning and settling in the evening. Ready or not, here he comes. I'm going to stop at this message. I'll do part two next week. But I want to ask you a question. 
Next week, we'll look at the secrecy of his coming. For we realize we know what the secret is. No man will know the time, nor the place, nor the hour when the Son of Man will appear. And I'll, I'll show you some statistics of what has, people have done and, and taken place. But I find it real interesting that as we look into Mark and we look into his words, and, and I'll give you some other scripture verse in, in 1 Corinthians and Thessalonians as well. But I just want all of you to know something. You have a responsibility. When you leave here today, I want you to be encouraged to know one of two things. When I'm a child of, the, of God, I'm a believer, and now it's time for me to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And realize this, you cannot do it on your own. You cannot proclaim the gospel on your own. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. How many of you start pounding when you start talking to somebody about the Lord? I don't know what to say. I'm probably going to sound, we've all been there. It's, it's uncomfortable. But we need to have a much much unction, and enough courage to do just that. And I'm going to ask you a question. Are you ready? I'm going to play this last video. How many of you have seen the Left Behind movie? Did you stop and just ponder? In that movie, I was a little bit alarmed because the pastor didn't even know Jesus as Savior. And the name of the church was New Hope. And that alarmed me. So I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, you know I'm your child. And, <laughs> and I'm ready for his appearing. I'm prepared. But next week, we'll, I'll show this little clip again. Here's the trailer. And I thought the trailer was really interesting. Because I'm going to ask you this question. If you were to die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Do you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Have you asked him into your heart? And if you have not, you better get ready. Because his time might come in the next two minutes. It might be the next two hours. It might be the next two months. It could be the next two years or it could be ten years from now. But are you ready? For he went to the cross so that you would be ready. All you've got to do is confess him as Lord and Savior. Believe. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, thou shalt be saved. Do you know him? Or will this be you in the time of trial? For in this world you will have troubles. Watch closely. Hello. Hi, Mom. Chloe, welcome home. So is everything set for Dad's surprise party? Uh, he got called into work. Can I buy you a coffee? I'm waiting for someone. Uh, My dad. Hi, sweetheart. Hey. Welcome aboard PanCon Flight 257 to London. Flight time today will be six hours and 30 minutes. I love you. People from all over this plane have simply vanished. Chris, let me in! Chris! Answers, and believe me, so do I, and I'll do my best to get them. I heard some doctors talking. It's not just here, it's all over the world. One of these days, the sky's gonna break. Chloe, are you okay? Yeah, but Mom and Raimi, they're both gone. One of these days, the mountains. 
Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Let's all stand. As we prepare our hearts for this time of reflection, as we look into our own lives and into our own hearts, can you truly sing this song that you worship the Almighty God? That He has premise in your life. His authority in your life. That He has priority in your life. Ready or not, folks, He is coming. Are you ready? Father God, we thank you. We love you and we love your word. Lord, we love that that as we open up your word, Lord, you give, you've given us clear signs. And who would have thought that here in my generation we would be looking for these signs for they are finished. And Lord, it's just a matter of minutes. Lord, take me home. Thank you for my life that I've served on this earth. Thank you for this church family, for our life. And if you don't take us home today, Lord, help us to continue to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, to live a life that is preparing, that is planning, but more importantly, that is watching for your great appearing. Lord, bless your people. And if there's somebody here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, may they walk this aisle May I pray with them, give them opportunities, prick their hearts. Today's their day of salvation. Today's, today's their day when they can turn things around. And Lord, for many of us Christians that have maybe just forsaken our fellowship with you, Lord, bring us back home. Let us reflect on our own lives as we reflect upon you. In your holy name we pray. Amen.